Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terra Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined by Sean McGuigan. Hello there. And Craig G. Telfer. How's it going? It's a Lower League special! Yes! yes. When was the last time the three of us were on a podcast together? Oh, a very long time ago. Start of the season, maybe? No, uh, it was Joel. It was Joel with, uh, he was like the substitute teacher. I think I made the joke, you're not my real dad. Yes, yes, you did. Uh, did us. we do one before the season started? I think we did a preview that all three of us might have been on. And then it was Joel, I think, was it August, September time? It could well have been. You know what? It, it, it doesn't matter. This is the, the Hulk Hogan, the Kevin Nash and the Scott Hall of uh, podcasting. We are, we're back. The NWO, the new world order of professional podcasting, brother. I, uh, I was hoping I was going to be the Hulk Hogan of that. As no, it was, it's only, it was only See, one had, of the three that I We knew. had this conversation before. That so I was, was like, how am I Hulk Hogan? How am I the oldest one? You're the most problematic. I don't know what <laughs> Again, I think that would be Scott Hall. Uh, Scott Hall's the most problematic, and he's drunk a lot of the time. I think that fits me perfectly. Uh, I, Sean's Hulk Hogan, the oldest. You could be big sexy. I, I would be Kevin Nash regardless. Sean was Scott Hall. You're Hulk Hogan, because I think some of the things you say uh, off the record... <laughs> Little uh, bit spicy. I don't know who Scott Hall is. I don't know if that's. Oh, Razor Ramon. You played Razor Ramon. Oh, I, I know ah, Razor Ramon. He's cool. Oh, he's cool. Good looking boy. Aye. Why didn't you say Razor Ramon? Because I mean, he was a WWF character where Scott Hall basically played himself. Listen, it doesn't doesn't matter what, or how many minutes into it. We're not here to talk about um, not talk wrestling. We're here to talk about. I've been looking forward to this. We're here to talk about Scottish lower league football. Yes, and the best of Scottish lower league football. Over the past decade that we can remember, yes, uh, we started a, with a document that went on the go on Tuesday, passed it over to one another on the Wednesday. So it's by all means not inclusive. We tried to mention every single club 
There's some teams who have just nothing interesting's happened to them over the past ten years. Uh, still in Albion. Uh, they well no, no I will we'll get, we'll get to one of them. Oh, oh, might I see it to one of them it's I. Oh, you might you okay. might have thought the same thing of me. For yeah. Bit, okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, well then, um, and an athletic. Uh, yeah. Might be Hamilton. Oh yeah, that was quite a funny. Actually, they actually pumped Hamilton. I appreciate it's not really getting the best league like, moments of the decade, but still, that's. Well, can say have they done anything? They uh, oh, they, they sold too many tickets for a Rangers game once they got it postponed. Yeah. Which is which is not on this list. It's just a cut to me. Yeah. But anyway, listen, let's say, uh, we'll, we'll go from like, I, when I put this together, put the document together, I tried to go, I've put it in sort of, I was saying to you, yeah. it's in chronological order. So we'll start from 2010, although we don't have anything from 2010. <laughs> uh, we'll start sort of like, right as far back as we can, and we'll go all the way to stuff that's happened, uh, presume this season, I've ah, got stuff for this season in there. So it's going to be, we've got high hopes for this. Yes. And uh, we're basically going to go through all this. I've even got a couple more bits after if we need any more. But so this is going to be the main podcast. We're going to run for 45 minutes an hour and then we're going to do the Patreon so if we don't get through it all we'll then go into Patreon so that's patreon.com forward slash test podcast to hear the rest I think we might need two Patreons for this so at least uh, we're getting them in the bank we'll just get a bumper one exactly a bumper but listen it's Christmas exactly we will give the people what a gift what they are sat there for which is presumably a longer tennis podcast. Imagine that! Imagine that you get well, your Christmas, your, your your girlfriend or boyfriend buys you a two dollar tennis podcast subscription. And be like, fucking hell! You might as well just taking two dollars out of your back pocket and stuck it in a dream. <laughs> Nevertheless, it doesn't mean that it's not going to be good fun. Right. So we begin in 2011. Albion Rovers midfielder Stevie Cannon trick teammates. Sorry, tricks teammate. Simon Marriott into believing he had a call-up for the Scotland under-21 side. Now, I think this is the only thing on the entire list that I have no idea about. I only stumbled over it a couple of weeks ago, and it's very good. I, this is probably the most obscure thing on the whole list, but it's actually one of the funniest. And it, it goes back to uh, Stevie Canning. He uh, was a relatively well-known name in the lower leagues. So had a successful time at Queen's Park in, in Brecon City mm-hmm. and then Albion Rovers before retiring. Now... Albion Rose signed a young guy called Simon Marriott from amateur football and he was he was a lower league jobber, you know. He was he was in a, he was a young guy, about 19, 20, a lower league, lower league jobber, he was never going to make a name for himself in the game, he was just fit and hard working. You know, you see these guys, these guys are ten a penny. And one night Stevie Cannon was in the house and he was texting him, uh, telling him, bamming him up, saying how good a player he was. Then on his work phone, he pretended to be Desmond McEwen for the Sun, saying that um, we've heard really good things about you. We want to see if we can get you a call up for the Scotland squad. So he's sending messages for one phone. Simon Marriott sends it to tell Stevie Cannon's up proper phone. <laughs> By the way, that's Desmond McEwen just been in touch with me. What should I say to him? And so Stevie Cannon's playing him off one another. So anyway, it, it builds here for that, and he t- um, it got to the stage where uh, Stevie Cannon said to Paul Martin, that will be Rovers manager, said, "Listen." We're bamming up Simon Marriott. Can, can you can you play along with it so so we can really tr- trick him into thinking he's got a chance on the twenty ones? So Paul Marriott took uh, sorry Paul Martin took Simon to one side and said, "Listen, you just keep your head down, do what you're doing. I'm loving what you're doing. <laughs> you keep working hard. You keep working hard, son. You're going to get a call from the twenty ones." So his work phone, Stevie Cannon said, "Listen, we're going to do a, a, like a sort of a, a double page spread for you in the sun. <laughs> we'll meet you at the the Tesco's in Coat Bridge." 
So that was Simon Marriott there sitting with his Albion Rovers tracks on the TV cannon and all the other boys walked in this minging old Scotland strip just to let him know they'd been absolutely bamming him up. And it's film you can find it on YouTube is very, very funny. Uh, perhaps uh, one of the funniest things was uh, Simon Marriott's mum was waiting in the car with him, waiting outside for her boy. Uh, and it turned out to be uh, an absolute piece of nonsense. But it's uh, a very funny story. And uh, yeah, needless to say, Simon Marriott was not caught up to the Scotland on the 21s and Christ knows what he's doing with himself now. All the best. Probably working in that Tesco. <laughs> right, next up, 2011 still. Sammy the Tammy. You've written blows up, but uh, basically, Sam of the time he unleashes guns down, machine, Unle- machine gun fire, unleashes hell on the uh, race over support in the Fife Derby at East End Park. Even even just think about this today, I'm like, imagine a Fife Derby, a league decider, and how it starts as or how it almost starts as <laughs> a gigantic bear emerges from the tunnel and a cardboard tank and starts machine gunning there. It's, it's, that's, bro, it's, so it's well just an incredible way to start. I, from the far side, I thought it was a Dalek because I think Doctor Who had just started recently as well and I'm like, it seems to be going with a Dalek theme for the start. That's I'm very surprised. It was only when I got closer I realised it was a... Uh, a poorly constructed cardboard tank. Did you realise that before or after the machine gun fire came over the tannery? That that mostly confirmed that it was a cardboard <laughs> tank and he was uh, he was machine gunning us. Most people took it in in good humour. Not not everybody did. Uh, was uh, was it an MP complained or seriously? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, maybe it was an MP and I'm I'm sure there was. There's certainly yeah. complaints to the authorities anyway. It's just like fuck's sake. No, so there wouldn't have been any complaints if Ray Throws had won that day. It was just people pissed off because they got beat. Right. So was that the, the game where uh, John McGlynn swapped the goalkeepers around? Uh, well, Andy McNeil had been getting a run for a while in place right. of, of David McGurn. It was funny actually because so McNeil had had a, a terrible first half. He looked an absolute bag of nerves. And I'd said, you know something, I'd actually substitute him at half time because he's playing so poorly. He came at the second half and he'd actually changed his goalkeeper top. I think Andy McNeil was quite a superstitious goalkeeper. I'm sure I've read that before. So after the game... I was in, for him for no, after the game, I was in this... Uh, and I had a pub afterwards. A few Rafe Rose fans here. And I was talking about... Oh, McNeil was terrible today. He goes, well, I did care about that. David McGunn come on at half-time and he didn't have a good It was him that gets to do the twoggles. And I'm like, no, that was Andy McNeil was second half. He just had a different top. Was that fuck? Was that fuck? <laughs> It was Andy McNeil the whole night of the minute. Sammy the Tammy, although he's sort of been neutered uh, over the last sort of, sort of five or six years, there was a time when, when he was proper proper box office. He was like the, the John Lydon of uh, of mascots. The sledge down the stairs during a game was extraordinary. If he'd hit anybody, they killed him. He would absolutely have wiped them out. The pissy brown shoes. Yeah. So it was the guy, the boxes. Mm-hmm. Wearing the brown boxes on his feet. There's one where he is getting his. Percy head- Brown Shoes could have made it to this that uh, that video that was made by would have been Dunfermline fans, wasn't it? Could have been uh, about Falkirk. A very unpopular man, <laughs> yes. Stephen Presley. Which the video finished with somebody putting shoes, pair of brown shoes, in a toilet and pissing on them. <laughs> there's loads of kind of out of context, uh, Sammy the Tammy moments as well, because there's a picture of him meeting Les Battersby. I don't know what that is about. Uh, there's a picture of him getting his head kicked in by a giant swan. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Just a brilliant mascot. I get that sort of. Uh, I'm getting massive uh, Power Rangers vibes <laughs> off that. You know when they sort of become me- they become Megazord. Remember Rita would blow them up, and the Power Rangers have to sort of necessitate all join together become the Megazord. That's the only way to defeat Sammy the Tammy or complain to your local councillor. <laughs> one of the one of the two. Right next up, we've got Rangers Lower League Adventure. <laughs> now this could go on for days, so we've limited it to two. 
suggestions each. Okay. I'll go first. Um, the, the first one, the, the, there's if, when Rangers four years in the lower leagues, there was sort of, there, there's games that stick out. You know, there's games like the Wraith Rovers in the Challenge Cup, um, the, the match against Stirling Albion, for instance, I don't know if we're going to talk about that. However, for, for me, the definitive game of Rangers events in the lower leagues was their Challenge Cup semi-final tie against Alwa Athletic um, on the 3rd of December 2014. Rangers took a two-goal lead into about 60, just, just after the hour mark, through I, Kenny Miller and Dean Shields. I switched over at that point. Aye, because you think that this is... I was working at the Daily Record at the time, so I was covering it. I would have done the same. And then, like, sort of, a couple of minutes later, Greg Spence pulls one back in an extremely Martin Tyler voice. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, like, Ryan McCord pulls one back two minutes later, and you're thinking, "My goodness, this is this is this is a good alloy." This is this is, a, this is Rangers. This is the season they finished in the I they got they got thumped off Motherwell in the the playoffs. So on paper, you know, a, a team that's far less than the sum of the parts, but you think you're not going to chuck a two goal lead away at uh, the you know alloy. And then in, in the last minute, the, uh, proper fever pitch. They're watching this. You're so excited. You're getting right sucked into the game. And then Mark Doherty takes the ball down the left and chucks a ball in. And Greg Spence is there to finish to to win the game for Alwa. Just remarkable stuff, and it just it just summed up how bad a side Rangers were at that point under Ali McCoy. The highlight of that was Kenny Miller walking off the pitch oh, with great. a, a face. His head. Yeah, and he, he had a kind of look on his face. It was kind of like you were like if you go to an acting class and say like give me a give me a distraught <laughs> anguished face. It was like, it's like like kind of like the sad clown paintings kind of thing. That's what the kind of expression. Miller was one of those few players for Rangers sort of quote unquote banter years who sort of emerges with any credit because I think while Rangers were really really poor at that point, he was such a professional that, that he was able to to keep his own standards very high. But that was that was an extraordinary. I mean, there's that many that many games, but for me, that's the one that, that, that sticks. Was that up. the game where Kenny Miller was interviewed afterwards and then Rio Ferdinand tweeted slagging off his fake tan but then had to tweet an apology because he didn't realise he had a skin condition has Kenny Miller got a skin condition? I think so I yeah yeah he's, uh, that's why because I it was real Fernand had questioned why his because he obviously shaves his head why his forehead was a different colour to the top of his head right. a darker colour to the top of his head right that was why I think I then and we all had to apologise. Yeah. quite I, actually I wish I'd picked that instead of this match actually funnier than this game if you if you distill Greg Spence's career down when he eventually retires, he's obviously retired from scoring any goals now. But when he eventually retires from playing football, his career will be that Alloa game against Rangers and the Ramsons Cup final yeah. against uh, Rangers, where he he hit the initial shot that, that John Baird uh-huh. put in, which will probably be one of my moments only because obviously it meant so much mm. to me. And it, it, there's, there's loads of good pictures for the, the kind of banter. You see the picture where there's maybe three Rangers players being dejected yeah, on, the, on the bench. A brilliant picture. Uh, they'd like a chef kissing his fingers. Yeah. That's, uh, they, they really, they really struggled in the, the Challenge Cup. Uh, I can't remember who was it put them out in 2012. Was it Queen of the South? Beat them Ibrox. Yeah, penalties. Yeah, yeah. Queen of the South beat Ibrox, and then they had the turmoil against uh, Alloa Athletic. The, sorry, the, then it was against um, Wraith Rovers, then Alloa Athletic, and then finally, the fourth time of asking, they beat Peterhead. So, well done. I was there at hand in that day, 40,000 supporters for a Challenge Cup final. Yeah, fair play, you know. Ah, I mean? James Tavernier scored one of the best goals I've ever seen. It was incredible. That's bold. Is that one of your favourite moments of the band interview? <laughs> no, uh, it was a volley of outside the box. I mean, that's pretty good. I'd probably turned off at 2-0. <laughs> that was the fact that was over. <laughs> 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 no, 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 this is definitely going in. Just, just get in there just for the episode back and I'm not watching this anymore. Yeah, one of my moments uh, is, 
Well, you've picked the Challenge Cup one. Is your other one race-related or not? Uh, no. Right, okay. So my one is losing to Wraith in the Scottish Cup oh, at Ibrox oh, yeah. in front of about, what was it, 10,000 supporters? Uh, there was not a lot of people there. That, that was when they were going through the let's take five guys off a of Newcastle phase. Yes. Not oh, playing man. In fact, yeah, one of them played and it was his only game. I've completely forgotten. Uh, Remy Street, Remy was it Street. not? Yep. One of the guys didn't even play at all. Uh, I think, was it not? Two of them didn't play at all. Um, and Babu didn't play at all. He's turned it all right though, hasn't uh, he's he? He's turned it decent. He's a decent player. He's, he's playing for, is it Basel he's playing for now? Something like that. And uh, Gail Bigger Man didn't play. He basically had an illness and right. when he turned up. And Harris Butchers was good though, Butchers wasn't was good. Butchers was good, but quite slow. So I think some Rangers fans didn't think he was really that good. Uh, he was just good for the Championship in Scotland. I don't think you get the Rangers team now, for instance. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was just... I mean, Christian Addy scoring a goal at Ibrox to Ryan defeat. Conroy's... Uh, Ryan Conroy scored the only... Ryan Conroy is not good at football, but he is absolutely fantastic at set-pieces, as he demonstrated that day. And that really was the nadir of Rangers in the lower leagues, because of the crowd. Oh. The amount of discontent at the club at that time when they were just wanting Ashley out. And the, things started to turn around not long after that, because I think it was only... Was it later that month? Or maybe the month after, where Dave King took over. And then... Things got better. I don't know. I think on the pitch, though. Eventually, on the pitch, though, if you're going to pick a match, that 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 there's, it's, I think it's generally it's one of the greatest Scottish matches in the history of Scottish football. Is the, the games against Motherwell and the the playoffs, the particularly the second one. Uh, what did you have? You had somebody waving a yellow card around. <laughs> You'd leave McCullough getting hit in the face with a flagpole. But you don't condone that. You don't condone that. So I was, I, it's, it's funny because it's Rangers. Let's be honest. It's funny because the Vanguard Bears brought out a statement afterwards saying that the <laughs> assailant was still at large. <laughs> you cami ball punching the ball into his own net, and then of course at the end you've got a, a, one of the most iconic photos of Billy Elmogeny <laughs> thumping Lee Irwin right in the Johnny's face. It's just contorting. a It's a golden period for football photography. That oh, Rangers, just, uh, Rangers journey. Extraordinary. The other moment I've got is. Tom the commentator uh, calling Sean Higgins an idiot yes. I, I, thought, I thought you would have brought that up no I, I thought I don't want to keep it I don't want to try to stay away from Stenny because nothing really interesting has happened to them but that was that, that, that was good it's the whole build up to it where, he, where he's hoping that the referee supervisor's watching you know I wonder what his little black book might say fuck <laughs> <laughs> off Oh, and it's a bit old. I did a podcast with Sean Higgins and asked him, say, what, 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 what did you say to him? He said, I don't know, just, just get it right up here. And that was what pushed Tom Miller over there. Mr. Higgins, get a grip of yourself, you idiot. If you can lip read, if you can lip read our apologies, that's as bad as the Arsenal goalkeeper. I don't know what he's referring to. No. Um, I don't know if Wojciech Szczesny must have, must have done something. And then you get Derek uh, Derek Johnson, of all people, trying to mitigate in Higgy's defence. But oh, what a moment. Because the best thing was Stennis Muir had played there earlier in the season. And had lost 8 0. And it was a horrendous day. I mean, forces day. Armed forces day. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's, honestly, you've, no, you've never seen you've never seen anything like it. It's, you guys abseiling down the Sandy Jordan stand with the football, but the, the, which was just surreal in itself. But the, the weirdest bit was at half time when they'd all these, these squaddies come onto the pitch, get, getting applauded, you know, fair play. But then the, the way the exit they came on the same way and they exited the same way past the blue order they all jumped in for this massive sash bash so we're about six down at this point and you're just thinking what on earth is going on and then to compound the day Billy Mosney scored an overhead kick and right when the game was still playing he went behind the goals to hug in with the, with the fans so it just, just a bizarre day around so Higgy scoring that penalty to, to get a point I broke uh, some months later a great moment I like uh, like Lee McCulloch's mother favouriting pornography on Twitter that was one of my favourite moments no, of, the, uh, of the banter era. Yeah. Uh, and so my, my final one is, uh, this is 2015, this is Charles Green's bedside <laughs> interview with Jim White. 
there's, there's that many things there's a second pie in Bovril called The Chronicles of the Banteers and if anyone's listening that hasn't seen it please go and take a look at it because there's so many good things sadly there's there's not a lot of stuff because the Rangers seem to be uh, on an even keel at the yes. moment they're, they're playing well at the moment so particularly on the pitch there's not a lot to talk about but that doesn't take away the, the richness from 2012 to 2016 <clears throat> and Charles Green in hospital just I think he just had an operation where Jim White like door stops him <laughs> After he's uh, he sold off part, I don't know, was it the naming rights or something? He sold something off to Mike Ashley right. and said that, that him and Derek Lambias have got the best, the club's best interest at heart. Sandy Easdale has got the club's best interest at heart. And there's one point when he's uh, about to, how he talks about how much of himself that he put into the club and is about to start crying. <laughs> he has to actually take a breath, and it's it's absolutely surreal. It's just there's so many moments from from, from that period. I think. What we need is we need a historian, somebody, an impartial historian, not like a Phil Magola Bain or absolute wacko like that. Somebody to, to objectively look back and catalogue exactly what happened at Rangers from the, the administration all the way up to, I see, when they, probably now, you know. That, that would be a weighty tone. It, it would be, guys. That's that you, we and need, a funny one. And a funny one. Rangers the Banter Years, volume one of 15. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on. Billy Brown's meltdown <laughs> after East Fife lost to home to Stenhouse Field. One of my favourite in football. The, 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 the sad thing is, it doesn't seem to be available now, except is there like maybe a tune played over yeah, it? Or something? It's it's like a tune. Braveheart music nah, yeah. behind it. It's, it's a, a, a damn shame. Um, what a damn, Billy Brown was a, a fairly unpopular manager at East Fife, it's fair to say, but they were, they were playing Stenhouse Muir. Uh, they, were, they were playing badly against Stenhouse Muir. Scott Buse had scored just before the interval. So the crowd, the crowd were already on Billy Brown's back, but the goal, you know, timing the goals and so on. You lose a goal two minutes before the end of a folk are furious. He was getting pelters as he was walking off, and he grabbed the tannoy. East Fife's tannoy is not yep. in the wee booth. They've got a, a sort of microphone operator who sits on the stand. He grabbed that and had a go at the, at the supporters. East Fife went on to lose the game two uh, one. That's not even Rogers part of And then after the match, he he gave one of the the, the best interviews of all time. And, and just to summarise, he, he's pacing backwards and forwards like like Phil Mitchell after he's realised someone slighted him. He used terms like "we're struggling and struggling and so on," and all we got there is abuse. And and, and this, these are these are all we've got. Talking about the, the players, and I, I, I don't need to say I, I've been places and done things. <laughs> It's remarkable, however, the funniest thing, right? He told the players after the match that he'd had enough. He told the players after the match, had enough, no coming back, you'll never see me again. See you on Tuesday. See <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday. Pretend like nothing had ever happened. Right, boys, let's get going. Fucking hilarious. Aye, absolute classic, and it's a shame. Standing from your, uh, a lot of their old stuff was, was in Vimeo, but since they moved to a new website, um, a lot of stuff been lost, which is a, re- a oh, real. Was it was it, was it Stanley's website? It was on uh, initially. It was, was Stanley's website, and there's, so there's all this stuff is is lost, and sadly that's it without the pathetic music underneath it. Right, next up is Michael Moffat's horrible tie when he appeared at Hamden to congest betting charges. Ah, yes, con- con- contest. Con- contest, sorry. Ah, yeah. 2014. I laughed at the fact that you remembered this and then I had to Google it and <laughs> it looks like he stepped out of a 1974 documentary. It's remarkable. <laughs> to put a bit of context, he'd been... Michael Moffat is an extraordinary player, probably one of the best in Air United's modern history, had been given a six-match ban, uh, which had been reduced in appeal to six matches, for betting on games involving his own team, and there was no evidence suggesting involved in match-fixing or influence results, but he pitched up at Hamden. And you really need to... It's a shame that, that there's a podcast and, and not a video, because he's got this 
the knot on the tie, it's, it's, it looks like something out of Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> it's this sort of panelled, stripy tie. It's not It's not done properly. I don't know if it's not a Windsor knot. It's, it's sort of like a... It, it's absolutely absurd. And it looks like the knot of a person who doesn't know how to tie a tie. Aye, well, this do. Aye, it's fine. <laughs> just somebody, somebody not even looking just all, like, that's fine. Uh, mince. And then, but this collar acerbates. Yeah, what's, what's the one I'm looking for? Exacerbates. Acerbates. His collar, collar exacerbates because a two tone collar. It's like it's white with a bit of grey on it. He's got this really bad like haircut where there's plenty of hair here, but it's, there's there's not a lot going on in the top. And the suit looks ill fitting. He he, he he looks shy. He, he, it's ironic. It's a bit gambling because he actually looks like he's lost a bet to wear that outfit to hand <laughs> <laughs> Going off it will give you we'll give you a tenner if you catch him it's remarkable it's a shame I would do it again implore anyone who, who wants to see it to, 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 to go and do it it's just a shame that I happened to make him off because he's been I don't know if we can do this at the end but our all time lower league 11 from the, the past decade uh, we can maybe talk about that I'd, I'd, have, I'd have him off it in there he did banned for five games was he not six. six did they not lose as well at United like most of them Oh, James, I don't know. I think I think I remember <clears> that at the time. The no, probably. Completely nosedived. Probably because he's a, a vital component of that team. And that was the season where he was scoring all the time as well. Uh, which, is not, which is unusual for him. Yeah, because he's not really been like that since. Well, no, since he went to Dunfermline. Aye, I had. Did he have maybe like two really good seasons where he couldn't have stopped scoring and then went to Dunfermline and then kind of became maybe a facilitator rather than a scorer? Aye, it's weird. He's probably all round a better player now. But there he was when he scored there, goals. There he was when he scored yep. goals, which is which is absurd. But I, I think he's an amazing player. Right, sticking in 2014, Dumbarton finished the champion. Can you pronounce words? Dumbarton. <laughs> I'm having a shocker. All you need to do is read out stuff that's not in front of you. Right. Maybe it's because I'm looking down. You get out. Ah, that say it properly. Explain it. Ah, you've been on the telly, mate. You know how these things work. <laughs> Dumbarton finished the championship season in fifth place, missing out in the playoffs by four points. Yes, um, this is probably, there's not a lot of thing funny you can really say about this, but I think it's worth saying that that, that is the the best part-time side we've seen in the past decade. I, Brilliant side. I remember when we, I remember the first time I came on the podcast and we were speaking about what part-time teams can actually achieve in the championship and the discussion was they can try and stay in it and that's about it. But Dumbarton proved that season that actually... If you have some of the best part-time players available to you, which they did, mm-hmm. then actually you can push for the promotion playoffs. Yeah. It's difficult, but you can you, you actually can manage. Uh, they absolutely went for it because I was looking at their record. I mean, it's a bit simplistic to just look at pure statistics, but they scored sixty-five goals, conceded sixty-four. They were probably a good goalkeeper away for, for finishing top four. So it was it was Jamie, Ewing's, Jamie, was it? Jamie Ewings uh, and Stephen Grindley was yeah. a goal, which is far and away the weakest part of that. We think if they because they had Alan Martin in subsequent years. If you mm-hmm. imagine you had added Alan Martin yep. to that team, you would have had a, a great. But I mean, look at the guys. I mean, these are all don't, don't like household. Well, I say household names. For the other leagues, it's like it's like a greatest uh, hits. Andy Graham, Brian Punty, Mark Kilhaney, Scott Agnew, Gary Fleming, Mark McLaughlin, John Kirkpatrick, Paul McGinn. I mean, that's a that's a great. Say so you're a manager who just let manager let them take the handbrake off you're a coach and Jack Ross who's everyone who, who's worked alongside him does talks really highly of and they went into they played Queen of the South with three games remaining they were level in points they had 48 points and at, at that stage you're thinking they could genuinely finish in the top four which would have been an, an incredible achievement they they lost 3-0 ended up finishing four points behind them but Aye, that'd be interesting if you, if you ever see a team uh, do that again. Bear in mind, they're towards the end, maybe the last third of the season, their strike force was uh, the free-scoring Colin Nish and Chris Kane. 
I don't think Chris Kane has scored any goals since, unless he gets slagged off in this podcast and then generally scores next Saturday. <laughs> yeah, somebody said that to Joe on Saturday. He was, it was a St. Johnson fan said, what have you, done, what have you said about Chris Kane? Because he's not in the squad for some reason. <laughs> that would only be if we were very positive about him. And that probably won't happen. No. But now that we've slagged them off again, I'm sure we'll be back to it on Saturday. Right, sticking to 2014, it's quite a lot for this year. Greenock Morton, already relegated, lose their final game of the season against Hamilton Ackies, 10-2. I uh, I watched the goals back again today. May I suggest that you don't Google it and watch them though, as it looks like they've been filmed by a guy riding a bucking bronco. <laughs> <laughs> I was almost seasick as I was watching it. I mean, that was... Morton had an extraordinary season. That, that year I mean they start off they'd finished the previous year they'd finished in second, second. place under under Alan Moore and it was second place granted they finished a good number of points away from, from a really good Partick Thistle team who actually we, we should have talked to except Partick Thistle team for 12-13 were really good regardless th- there was an expectation then that Morton the thing they might have cut their budget there was an expectation then that they could at least challenge for the the, 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 the maintain a sort of like a top 2-3 uh, 4 position but Alan Moore signed some absolutely shocking players. Cabacham. Just about to say that. Cabacham. Some guy who maybe did all right in a Renfrewshire Cup game against St Mirren, but was absolutely honking afterwards. And the team slid down the table. Then they sacked Alan Moore and brought in Kenny Shields. <clears throat> and there's the famous picture of Kenny Shields with the signings that he made. I mean, he signed them. Um, I mean, they've all got their hands on each other's shoulders. It's almost creepy. Aye, so, so Gary O'Connor was one of them. Darren Cole, who they signed for, was it Livingston? Oh, yeah. 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 Got yeah. Him in, in front. Former Rangers uh, youth. Jamie McCormack. Um, he got sacked. I'm sure he was basically sacked for Rangers, Darren, Darren Cole, for saying something about Ali McCoy. I, I, he might have been, I, I, I don't know. He was certainly, he'd written, he'd had a fallout uh, before he left. And of course, there's Gary O'Connor. And, and, and everyone remembers that picture of Gary O'Connor, overweight with the, the horizontal stripes, tugging right tight across his chest, puffing out his, his, his cheeks. It was just a horrendous look for, for anyone. Oh, Rowan Vine was, was playing for them. He's a guy playing yeah, England top Rowan, flight with QPR. Joel's pal got Rowan Vine sent off that season at Central Park. He was screaming abuse at him, and Rowan Vine done the kind of get it right uh. up you, and they got a straight red card. Count Booth went on to win 3 0. was 0 0 at that time. The funny thing is, Rowan Vine was actually good at St Johnson. They signed for Hibs, it was dreadful, and then he went to Morton, and somehow even worse. Yeah, and, and that, that result I mean they were already relegated by this point, uh, but that that's an embarrassment. And it was the club seemed to be on a bit of an even keel because they went down and, and they won the division under uh, Jim Duffy at the first time asking, came straight back up. But there was talk as well because Hamilton were still in the race to win the title at that point and they needed a certain goal, a huge swing, goal swing. A huge goal swing for Dundee Dundee I don't think it mattered then because Dundee won. Dundee won yes. two one. However, after it was, it was, I remember I, the Dundee keeper was but he pulled, up a, brilliant, he pulled yes. up a brilliant save Aye. in about the last minute of that. Yes, game. that would have made it two each with Dumbarton, and Aye. that would have won the league for the the goal swing that Hamilton needed yeah. eight goals, which is which is the goal. So there's uh, two future Scotland internationals both scored in that match. Who were they? In the Hamilton game, in the Hamilton Morton game, two future Scotland internationals scored. There was two future Scotland internationals in mm-hmm. the Morton team. They must have both been playing for Hamilton though, because it was Dougie Emery scored twice for Morton. Uh, so, well, I, like, well, seven, go- seven goals were scored by Andrew and uh, Antoine Curry. Antoine Curry, they got seven between them. Right, can, can I just can I just tell Michael you? Devlin? Michael Devlin got one of them. Yes. Uh, give me a clue, position or something. It was an own goal. Alright, oh, so he was playing for Morton. Uh, Barry uh, McKay. Uh, uh, just scored for Scotland uh, recently. 
Uh, Stuart Finlay. Yes, there we go. We uh, got there and then. Who, who, who's the other person that, that, that played? Barry Mackay was playing for Morton's so first two Scotland yes. internationals in the Barry Mackay played for Scotland? One Aye, cup. I can't remember who it was against, but he certainly got a cup. Uh, Joe McKee was on the bench Gary O'Connor was on the bench I was there that day I was covering the game for the Scotsman really? that was one of those reports where you literally just have to list goal scorers why do you not start off with that by saying I was there rather than like Sean ah. Hanley's fucking bucking bronco face <laughs> 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 fuck's sake we've got eye- eyewitness account there who's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Morton actually beat Celtic that season <laughs> yeah, at Celtic Park bizarre what a honestly see Scottish lower league Scottish football man what a it was incredible being there with the goals and then you just they had the goals necessary and the place was going mental and you're just listening for any news coming from Dens Park and you thought oh, this would be incredible if this actually happened we're, we're and it's annoying because like, I've got Paul saying like, oh, surely a fix wasn't it and I was like why why do you have to take the I fucking joy I out wonder of it? if it was that's sad but if it was a fix I don't know if Dougie Emery the player who yeah, they're going back to Hamilton. He ended up signing for yeah. Hamilton. Ah, he, got, he got applauded, uh, I think, when he scored one of the goals. Because I still really liked him because he was... Uh, he was one of the goals to an absolute screamer. Ah, he scored, both of his goals were good. Were actually right. Right. If it was a fix, then scoring two goals was a bit of a weird way to fix it. Yes. So uh, just scored none. I've not looked at the footage, I don't think, since. Uh, was, I, I can remember, though, that, like three of the last four goals or something like that were basically like the old... Pro Evolution Soccer FIFA ones where it's basically three balled in the wing cut, cut back, back tap in <laughs> a lot of them uh, very much so Tom O'Way was playing for uh, Morton that day <laughs> awful quiet on here <laughs> 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 oh, <God>. next <laughs> right sticking to 2014 Count Beath relegate Dunfermline Athletic sorry, uh, that's one of the changes keep Dunfermline Athletic in League 1 Dunfermline won. Oh, of course, sorry, sorry, sorry. That was yes. my fault. That was, no, one, that was, uh, that was one of my favourite games I got, uh, I got of first. that season. Ken Beath keep Dunfermline Athletic in League One, beating them in the Championship playoffs, smashing them 3-0 at East End Park, and he didn't include this in the heading, but scoring after 30 seconds. Uh, yes. uh, the, their goal scorers that day were Greg Stewart, Kane Hemmings, and Tom O'Brien. Yeah. How the fuck were Ken Beath at the bottom of the league? <laughs> 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 Honestly, you go through it, you, 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 look at that, you look at that Ken Beath team, so you had uh, like Tom O'Brien, John Armstrong, although John Armstrong sort of latterly became a bit of a joke fair. I think he'd, he had an injury and took steroids uh, for it, and he put on loads of weight. Dean Brett was a great pair, Darren Brownlee, who's just signed a pre contract with Party Fissel uh, Greg Stewart Lewis Milne John Robertson Kane Hemmings Kenny Adamson who was a brilliant fullback for, uh, apart from, uh, for injuries that's a right good Cowden Beef mm-hmm. team and that was one of their, their all time great performances no Cowden a, a peculiar decade for Cowden because at the start a lot of success at the, the start in terms of like like Establish well, yes, establishing yourself like like as a as a viable championship club to almost going out the league altogether. But particularly that match, I, I, County fans might say that's one of the greatest games of the of the, 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 the decade were, for them. They were exceptional that day. I think uh, I think Jim Leishman might need to take uh, a lot of the credit for County's strong start to the game. Anyway, there there was a, a big big crowd there that day, and the, the atmosphere was was bouncing. And then just as the teams were coming out just beforehand, Jim Leishman took to the microphone. And he appeared to be absolutely blistered. And he just started asking people to donate money to, I think, a centenary fund or something like that. And the atmosphere just totally went flat. And everybody was like, <laughs> what is he saying? I can't hear him. And then everybody kind of stopped. And then teams came out and then within seconds kind of to lead. But they were absolutely brilliant that day. After, a, I think it was a one-all draw. One-all draw. Part, I mean, I watched the first game and I didn't have any expectation of Cowdenbeath uh, getting through. Went to the second leg, uh, was in the Cowdenbeath end. It was, it was a brilliant atmosphere. It was a, a brilliant day. And I surely one of the best... Cambridge performances of all time. Yeah. What a laugh. And you saw, I mean, the Hemmings and Stewart, two, probably the two best players of the, the, the decade. Just fantastic. And yeah, aye. St- sticking with them, firmly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I've, I've lost the list. Right. Oh, yeah. 
Yes, of course. Is this the very next season? It will be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, Dunfermline narrowly miss out on promotion. <laughs> uh, having finished second to Rangers as well the season yes, before. Yes, yep. uh, The following campaign, the finish... In League One in seventh place. In in an absolutely stinking League One as yeah. well. I mean Morton won that league. I think they lost Hands eleven up, games. Uh, eleven of twelve. Because I mean the main challenges were four for Athletic mm-hmm. and Stranra. Yep. You know, two Heather uh, two back markers. Yeah, it was, it was uh, the, the quality in that division was horrendous. But and the film had a the film had a, a, a decent yeah. team. Well they started Dunfermline started off the season as favourites because well you've just missed out in the players, Garrett I albeit you got smashed, but the, the first they, they made a couple of key signings and you know like like you look at Falkirk this season how they brought a lot of guys down like guys who you'd say these are like established mm-hmm. championship players what Dunfermline did was they signed already good established League 1 players the main one was Michael Moffat who had been brilliant for United got a chance to move into full time football get paid quite a bit of money for it fair play so that season also signed Andy Sterling as well. Andy Sterling yep. had been one of the best players in the division mm-hmm. with Sonar a mercurial like sort of winger number 10 could could, could do a lot of stuff it was central to Sonar's success and Greg Buchanan who had been brilliant at, at Airdrie on top of that you had guys like Andy Gagan uh, Lewis Spence Ross Forbes started the season with Elbert Tau was there Ah, Faisal Elbert Tau Sean Byrne as well so that was a a, a right good group of players but I'd also uh, I'd also forgotten about was it Gotze Ugwu they said I'm going for Reading oh, he, was yeah. a, he was a second or joint top goal scorer that season I think Elbert Tau had nine but that was a spread across the league and the cups and he had seven in the league so they're a joint top goal scorer in the league. Uh, they were they were shite. I, I don't know what my highlight of that season was. I, I don't know if it was getting absolutely smashed by Brechin or when they got <laughs> when they got beat five one by Stranra. Remember, remember they played Stranra in the Scottish Cup and the Fermanagh scored a late late equaliser down in Stranra, and then the replay was it was it was at Eastern Park obviously. And I saw an interview. Stranra did quite a good thing in the summer where they interviewed the players. And they talked about like their career today and some of the, the best games I've ever been involved in. I can't remember the Stranraer player, but he talked about that the first game, uh, the Scottish Cup, because there was a big Ramy on the park where Neil McCann was instrumental in uh, the Ramy coming to fruition. You, you surprised me. And they, they spoke about how much, when it got to the replay, how much they really, really wanted to win that game just so they can bend it right <laughs> up. Neil McCann it was a brilliant interview. I mean, they, were, they were they were really shite that se- that season. I mean, Jim Jeffries had had done a lot of, a lot of good stuff at Dunfermline because he'd been in charge during the administration. He'd done well the previous season, but his his time was, was up there. They replaced him with John Potter, who had done pretty well with the the youth team. Well, it's funny when they when they appointed Potter because I'd always had good things. He was a really good coach. I looked at the development league and Dunfermline were really really low in that development league, and that doesn't really matter. That doesn't mean anything. I, I just presume they probably had a, a poor group of players at that level. But no, I probably turned out they had a great great group of players at that young level but he was just a rubbish manager because <laughs> <laughs> he got considerably worse as soon as he was appointed his career's got alright since then now assistant manager at Hibs oh well they weren't doing very good recently were they what was the last score well we're getting, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting rattled every week at the start of this season uh, no no he's assistant manager at Jack Ross Oh right, apologies. Is he, is he just brought him in? I did. I was at one with Sunderland. I assume it's the same John Potter. I can imagine there's quite a few oh, John Potters no, out there. No, I think no. it's the same guy. Yeah. Even Scott Booth, Stenhouse, Muir beat them. Wow, that season. So there you go. How come I Scott Booth's time at Stenhouse Muir isn't? Because that's just that was. Not <laughs> Scott, Scott, Scott Booth, at the time, at the time, Stenhouse Muir were uh, a bit of dark hearts about how how Scott Booth was appointed. There was some there's some stuff that the role he was made available 
and he needed a job so Stensfield pushed Martin Corrigan to one side which actually at the time was probably the right decision however it's a wee bit smelly when you think about it like that Scott Booth came into the club good record in coaching with Scotland's uh, youth teams had um, played in the continent as well played in the Champions League so compared to a lot of his peers he's got a very distinguished record however, did he get sacked for falling asleep on the bench by one of his teams did he? I'm sure Borussia Dortmund sacked him for falling asleep or did he play in Holland I think he meant when he fell asleep in his car after he'd been drinking <laughs> no, no, he definitely got sacked to fall asleep on the bench during the game. Right. Really? Um, well, he, he took in charge of Steny, and we thought we were getting a Colin Cameron, Paul Hartley, Ian Murray type. This is the yeah. time in the, the sort of the early to mid. Uh, it was all the teams. all the craze back then. Yes, aye, we thought we were getting, but he, my God, all he, the craze, all the rage. He was, it was the he, he was honking like he. <laughs> I'm just going to stop. Now. I'm just going to stop saying things on this podcast. You know, the, the the first his, his first time in charge was all right because we went a, a long spell and beat more. He was able to bring in his own players and, and ship out the ones he didn't like. He just he did not have an eye for a player he signed some absolute rubbish didn't know his best to live in they would chop and change weekly basis couldn't build a defence uh, just just, just rubbish and really unpopular with the supporters Go down as the worst manager in the, the club's history um, certainly since I've been watching them so yeah I don't have anything good to say about Scott Booth it's not really like a, a funny moment or a really like really bad moment because the club ultimately stayed in the division but aye rubbish next up Montrose beat Broader Rangers in the League 2 playoff final, one of the most important matches in their recent history. Pretty much a massive slide and doors moment in the history of Montrose Football Club. I can see where they were then compared to where they are now, mm. where they are. Just something to keep, keep up their form, they'll definitely, win the, they'll definitely win at least in the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, to get promoted to the championship. And if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for uh, Marvin Andrews and was it Gary, Gary Woods, Woods? Gary Woods, two, two amazing goals. Yeah, right? Gary Woods uh, volley, I think it was. I think you can't get them anymore, so I just might have just watched them. I know, I went looking for it today and I know they're. It's, it's, it's interesting you, you, you look at back at that Montrose had always sort of been back markers there were a couple of times they occasionally fought for success a Jim Weir side got into the playoffs for instance but but that season they had a shocker the guy George Shields was the manager and under him they were they were really poor he actually had a group of decent players but he somehow made them worse and, and by around the, the two thirds of the way into the season they were miles adrift at the Shire in ninth and they were always going to finish in bottom he got punted and Paul Hegarty and, and John Holt came in and they were uh, coming up against the fact Sorry, the irony was they were actually for all the how they, as bad as they were doing off the park, on the park, big barn, off the park. They had bought back the stand yep. for one of the directors, they were able to maximise commercial opportunities, and they were getting a plastic pitch installed. Two really important things for a community club. But there's a big fear we've got these brilliant facilities. How much use are they going to be in the Highland League? So they're playing Broader Rangers, and Broader were the free spending crack troops from the Highland League. They had guys like House of Grant Munro, Stuart Kettlewell was playing for them, they had Ross Tokley. Although Mann. there was a bit of talk about whether Broader Rangers actually wanted to come Aye, up. of course, of course. But the, the, the first leg finished 1 0 up in uh, Broader, it was Marvin Andrews scored, scored their own goal. And it came when it actually came down to the to, to the showdown. It was a uh, Scott Johnson scored just before half time, but then guy Colin McLean got one back for Brewer restored their lead uh, just after half time. But then Big Marvin Andrews it is the the dictionary definition of a bullet header. I reckon if it wasn't for the net, the ball would still be going. But he rises to meet this corner, fucking thumps it in, and then just shortly afterwards, uh, Gary Wood. That would do that. I think that was the he finished. He finished with intros after that but I mean if that's the final thing you do what a way to remember what a goal but if it hit the thing 25-30 yards could be as long as far range as it would be the further back the better but that was an extraordinary moment and, and Montrose after that they, they stabilised they, they had a sort of lower mid-table finish the following season the playoffs in 16-17 and then went and won League 2 the following year under Stuart Peach and then comfortably stayed up 
season. You've got to go to the playoffs, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, they'll, they'll presumably comfortably stay up this season. They just oh, Sean said. It's not that they could even aye. totally. Could aye, they're, 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 in, they're in great form at the moment. Uh, one of the most informed teams in, uh, in, in the third tier. I actually went looking for, remember Gable M. Graffiti? Yes. So that website started up again, essentially to chronicle what Montrose were, were going through. You, mm-hmm. you presumed that it was going to be chronicling the, the relegation to the, to the higher league. But I remember uh, who was who was a did he not do things for telling me yeah, job Black was brilliant yeah. writer so I remember he when he was describing the, the second leg of the playoffs I think he said it was the first time he'd had to stand in a reasonably large queue uh, <laughs> to get in but he spoke about the fact that it was the first time that and as long as he could remember there was a big crowd uh, and he just felt there was something about them that day and he said it would be great if the club can actually tap into this and go in for here and that's exactly what's, yeah. uh, that's exactly what's happened yeah brilliant credit, credit to credit to Montrose Okay, we'll get to the next of the mentions on this list after this break. Hi, it's Fowler here with a quick break to tell you about Beer 52. It's always nice when you're watching a mediocre to crap football game in front of the TV to knock back a couple of beers while doing so. Well, thanks to our friends at Beer 52, you have the opportunity to sip eight free exclusive craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash terrace and cover just 4 95 for the postage. What's more, listeners of the Terrace get two extra free beers, so that's a total of 10 beers. Beer 52 traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. Themes have included Germany, Korea, Norway, South Africa, California, Finland and many more. The beauty of Beer 52 is that they don't hold you to ransom. There's no lock-in and you can leave at any time. Your first box will be sent to you the next day. Just go to beer52.com forward slash terrace to get your first case of eight beers for free. And don't forget, the Terrace listeners get an extra two unmissable free beers. That's beer52.com forward slash terrace. Right, so next is the greatest lower league match of the decade. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure it is, but it's very good. What do you think it is then? Uh, I would have said Wraith Rollers come back against Airdrie when they won 4 3 last season. 3 uh, 1 no, no, down minutes to no, go. No, no, what's at stake? You've got yeah. to think of the context. Right, okay. You've got to think of the context. To me. Nobody cares about Wraith Rollers, Sean. Shut up! <laughs> This 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 was this was just an extraordinary game of football, and I for, for me I think this is if you were to say something like an advert or how good Scottish football can be outside the top flight, this is it. I remember watching this in the Scotsman offices. I was working a later shift, but also I planned as soon as the match was finished to do like a Google Hangout just myself to just basically talk through the games. We'd have like a video to stick on the numerous articles that would come out of it, and I was just. It was just so much adrenaline pumping through me when I was doing it. It was just like, just was what that, an incredible match. Was that because Hibs lost? The, that was a, <laughs> was a small <laughs> element. What, what is the game we are talking about? It is Falkirk 3, Hibs 2 in the Premiership Playoff semi-final in 2016. Aye. Brilliant, I, uh, brilliant, brilliant, fucking brilliant game of football. I watched that game this morning and I watched Falkirk TV's highlights and right. believe it or not, their commentary has got better over the years. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched the SPFL's highlights when Falkirk scored their first goal the co-commentator went, get that up you! Get really? that right up you! Brilliant. I need to go back and, I need to go back and watch this. The, 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 this, the, the, the 2015-2016 championship was a funny, funny one. You had Rangers under Mark Warburton who sort of kind of had kind of appeared to have got their act together. You had a really good Falkirk team, a Hibernian team with guys like um, like who, who was playing for at the time, like uh, Scott Allen. Scott Allen was playing for them, no? Uh, no, no, he was sold earlier uh, that James, season. James Keating. That was John McGinn's first season. Uh, Keating's. They signed. Five, so basically, 
Hibs and Rangers were the two teams going for the title. Hibs got off to a poor start, but then rallied. I think they might have even went top at one point over the Christmas period. And then after Christmas, in January, they signed Anthony Stokes and Kevin Thompson. Everybody thought those were really good signings. They both should do very well in the Championship. Thompson didn't kick a ball, did he? Yeah, Thompson was, aye, Thompson was kind of coming to the end of his career. He had too many injuries. Uh, as, as he'll point out, though, he did head of the ball off the line in the last minute of the game against Hearts, so he like, takes credit for helping them win the Scottish Cup. And uh, Stokes didn't really do much apart from once they got to the final, which well, didn't really do much until he helped provide the greatest moment in the club's history. Um, but Hibs completely fell away. Hibs were dreadful after they signed both of them. Because uh, Wraith Rovers beat them in the first leg of the quarterfinals of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Hibs actually finished third that season. Mm-hmm. Falkirk managed to yeah. sneak in ahead of them uh, to finish second. But that was a, that was a, this was like probably the, the last great Falkirk side. Uh, you think of the team, they're like Luke Lee, David McCracken was playing for them. Will Volks, who's gone on to... I mean, Will Volks, you talk to any Falkirk supporter about Will Volks, they, they, they cannot speak highly enough of him. Uh, Blair Alston, Craig Sibyl, like Mark Kerr was still kicking a ball. Danny uh, Rogers had a great season in goals. Yeah, Danny Rogers was right good. Uh, Miles Hippolyte. I said great players. <laughs> and I was like, I said, oh, Scott Shepherd was playing for them. Yeah, Kevin O'Hara, wow. I mean, at least Melissa done stuff like this. He scored the win against Rangers. Yeah, it was so Bob McHugh went through a wee run of just going in the last minute all uh, the time. Well, I mean, this, this game started, uh, Falkirk started the match as well, and it was uh, Blair Alston that, that opened the score, and he seemed to, the ball got nudged through to him by John Bear, and he seemed to get the run on, it was Lewis Stevenson, to, to, to poke the ball into the net. But then the match, it was like it was like watching a game of basketball. The game was going back to back for James Keatings. He got two goals in the space of three minutes. One of them was a penalty. David McCracken with a suicidal tackle. I can't remember who it was on, but he, he absolutely wipes the boy out. Yes, and this, and was, and this was this was after the first leg as well, where he got away with literally just <laughs> putting his hand on the ball in, in the penalty box and just like play on. Aye, he, he fell some Keaton's puts the penalty another one that's actually a really good header he, he sends us this looping header in although there was he was in about like five yards of space nobody, yes, nobody yes so, so I think between Lee Hay and, and he's either Muirhead and McCracken and whoever's playing play essentially could, could have done it better however then again it's like the game's ebbing and flowing Luke Lee Hay scores like a, such a good goal it's yep. like a cross comes in gets headed out and you can, you can see uh, Hippolyte thinking I'll take this then it's just Lee hits the thing with his left foot. It's like a fucking exocet missile. Ah, it's like it fires out a blunderbuss. Aye, fire it right into the back of the net. And you're thinking, well, this is brilliant. This will have to go to penalties. Jason Cummings hits the crossbar. He sends a shot. I don't know, does Rogers get a hand to it? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, it hits the crossbar and comes back out. And then at the injury time, about three or four minutes injury time, Will Vox on those trademark long throws. The ball somehow finds its way to Bob McHugh, who hooks this shot into the net and you know something I'm, I'm not a Falkirk supporter I, I don't know if people are, are, are aware of that or not <laughs> but their social media game <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. but but it's like when, you, when you're when watching that, that Falkirk performance it was so just to get caught up in that what you're watching here it was just it's so exhilarating and it's it's extraordinary although they went on to be beaten by uh, they got thumped by Kilmarnock they were they were quite poor against them yeah. in the, the first leg they had a quite fortuitous win where I think it was Fox hit a shot that went through a bunch of bodies yes. and they got thumped in the, uh, yeah they were, they were two nil down within ten minutes of the, the second leg didn't stop uh, Gordon Sawyer from getting chucked out so in, in a rage despite his team coasting to Falk, victory Falkirk had a wee phase where if they were on the television 
you you should probably go out of your way to catch yeah, the game yeah. because we're involved in so many really really good games. I mentioned the, the Rangers season. game. Rangers were two nothing up at Falkirk Stadium and Falkirk won three two. No, it was a league game. No, it was a league game. Beat your pardon because they beat them twice at Falkirk Stadium. Oh, Hibbley scored that song you were talking about. Hibbley scored. I'm pretty sure they beat them twice at Falkirk Stadium in the same season. Because they also beat them 2-1 That was an outstanding game as well Where Who was it scored so Was it Was it Vox that scored in that one as well Was that another last minute one uh, McHugh maybe A 2-1 game Falkirk fans right There was a game where Danny Rogers saved a penalty as well I'm sure against Rangers It just uh, I think that was that game. some great games against yeah. him And then you talk about like even Oh no that was what it was, it was Rogers saved a penalty the last kick of the game Right and then even you go back and you think of the Falkirk in the Scottish Cup final Falkirk's match against Hibernian in the, the Scottish Cup uh, semi-final and yes that Falkirk lost these games but I mean the fact that you're even like competing in these is, uh, is some particular and it's you know I'm, I, take, taking off my, my uh, like Falkirk disliking that and put on my objective <laughs> hat here you've got to say though I mean since that point though since that win what have Falkirk done Falkirk have been nowhere since then and the, the season was it sixteen seventeen after that where uh, they had a bad start to the season. Houston got sacked. Hartley came in, binned off some guys like Mark Kerr, Rory Loy. Um, there's quite a, there's quite a few sliding moments in Falkirk's kind of recent history. Cause the, the Lion, the Lion Flynn, fucking hell, Craig. The Ryan Flynn miss at the end of their game with Kamarnak, which would have kept them up in the first place, and. I mean, it's hard to survive in the Premier League. And sorry, there was also these other times where they could have made it to the top flight and didn't quite do it. It's it's hard to to stay up in the top flight, but it's also kind of easy as well because there's usually quite a few other bad teams in it. So you don't necessarily have to be brilliant to stay up. And Falkirk might never have got might never have gone down had Ryan Flynn scored that. They also, you know, probably wouldn't have been in League One if they'd gone up in either of these other opportunities to be a team that would be you'd be looking at saying, well. Can they finish eighth or ninth? They, they just seem to be making terrible decision after terrible decision yeah. after ter- terrible yeah. decision. The, the, the new management team might be a good decision. Who knows? I, I, I think that's quite a risk as well, though. So, but we'll find it. It's also a bit weird as well that they were in an interim charge. They've now made, been made permanent. Despite, and, doing, despite yeah. doing very little. Uh, exactly. I, what did they do that said, "Oh, we should definitely give them the job"? The players like them. Cheap. Chai cheap's probably uh, exactly. Yeah, uh, but it's, you're absolutely. I think I've said. I said this. Uh, I think I said this on. Of you for the terrace, the, the TV show that the three of us starring uh, about about. Which will be back in mid February. Back in mid February, Valentine's Day. Um, so for all the cups and cells and soy boys who listen to the podcast, there's uh, some. You don't have to spend the night alone, as usual. You know, join it and hang out with us instead. The point I was going to make is that I, th- oh, I think that Falkirk, as we've seen for, for, the, for this team, and you can say there's a bit of luck that, that you get guys like a guy like Will Vox, who's without a club, offers to play for free just 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 to get playing. You know, you, you get lucky with that. But they did for a few years have like a, a right good team with, with, with boys coming through, and it's just you look at them now, and it's just like, yeah, it's funny. Right, next put, up, put, sorry, put back on my my, uh, my steny hat. Yes, it's hilarious. <laughs> Long may it continue. Do you want me to make this the last one then? Uh, I, I was going to say, I was going to suggest yeah. that. Uh, actually, we'll do two more. Let's just make this because we've got loads to go. So, <laughs> uh, right, next up, East Stirlingshire are the first side to be relegated from League Two via the relegation playoffs to be replaced by Edinburgh City. When they introduced this playoff, I my first thought was that'll be the end of East Stirling then because they just constantly were always suckling the drain mm-hmm. at the bottom of that league. There are but, a couple of bright spots here. A year, I think, it was the, the guy Spencer Fern, so an American guy, that spent a bit of money on them. Uh, that, so that's now there's an American guy spending. Right, this is a guy, a Yorkshire-based businessman who his own record label is putting a bit of money into this. one Jim McInerney. Andy Rogers, Jamie Stevenson, Brian Graham was playing for them at the time, and what they finished uh, in 
third place. I finished in, finished in third place, so they they'd actually uh, did they not make the playoffs two years running. Yeah, they did, but under Jim McAnally, they uh, they, they failed to progress. <laughs> Oh, oh no! <laughs> what a great manager he is. Well, I see he's, he's get gets best at the boys. You know, it's good 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 buzz to have around the place. But yeah, I think latterly lack of investment didn't have their own home. The, the number of factors that against East Stirlingshire and it all came to a head in 2016. They were they were miles off the pace that season. And it, Craig Tully was the manager. Having seen Tully, and actually, I didn't find them particularly inspiring. Um, uh, and it all came to head in, in the match against Edinburgh City. The first first one at, at Meadowbank Stadium finished one one. I went to the, the the second leg in 2016, and it was it was fucking horrendous for a game of a game of football. Depending on what was at stake, I think both teams were real bad. Edinburgh City weren't were a fantastic side, but but the Shire they looked terrified. Yeah, actually saw the next season how bad Edinburgh were because Edinburgh pretty much went just retained everybody that got mm-hmm. them promoted. And they really struggled. It was mm-hmm. only when they started to turn over that squad that they actually started yeah, to do something. And actually signed and proper players uh, rather than just East of Scotland jokers. It's funny because Reese Donaldson, who was previous on the books at Raythrovers, he mm-hmm. got sent off That's in right, the first uh, leg. They then appealed uh-huh, that dismissal. Uh-huh, so he was uh-huh. able to play in the second leg. He then gave away the penalty and uh-huh. got sent off uh-huh. in the second leg, which ultimately got them relegated. Uh, it was about 86 minutes in that that happened. And it was the only interesting thing in the match. It was Doogie Gear, very popular player amongst the City supporters that, that, that scored. And that I think that's a, a historic day in in, in Scottish Little League's first team to be relegated from it now is the only time they look remotely close the Shire I mean now is the time they look remotely close to getting back in, up that seems unlikely because it's between it seems like a two horse race now in the Lowland League between Bonnie Rig Rose and Kelty Hearts and like just you don't know as, as players you don't know how, how should players react in these situations when, when a team you've no real connection with you're there just because you're getting paid drops out like a historic day I don't know but the players I remember seeing them out in, a couple of them out in Falkirk uh, later that night and just thinking you realise what's, what's what's happened here I suppose it's different I mean, it's like um, Ali McCoy singing karaoke after <laughs> <laughs> after Wraith uh, Rovers beat Rangers in the, 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 the Challenge Cup final you know, people react to bad things in, in, in different ways <laughs> um, and if the Shire players wanted to go out for, uh, then, then, then fair enough but fuck me it was that was that was horrendous. That was horrendous. But they were, you know, some I think you you find your level. Not it sounds sort of like market forces and stuff like that. You do find your level, and um, I think it'll be a long time before we see East Stirlingshire again. Whereas Edinburgh City have gone from strength to strength. Right, the last one in uh, we'll be covering on the Free to Air podcast is Stennis Muir sign the Dunlop brothers in a local McDonald's, then delete the image from the website for some reason. Why did they delete it? Why they would, they would, there was nothing embarrassing about that. Like we know why they would use the McDonald's because it's only a midway point yes. between the, the, the two places that they travel from. Yeah. Like we know why they're there. It's not as if they were like eating McNuggets in the picture. Why was it? Why did they delete it? It's the kind of thing that it's the kind of thing that people do. I think a lot in football because football a lot of people treat it as serious business. It's kind of changing now, especially changing in Scotland, where I think you see most media like social like media teams play up the kind of daftness of it you know who does it who motherwell football club (laughs) Um, (laughs) they don't they're just so serious (laughs) but yeah most play up the daftness like Hibs using the 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 American guy saying that fucking Deutsch guy uh, using that <laughs> using that as a video when Deutsch then scores uh, the next game that's like playing up the daftness but I think 
I mean, 2017, they should have done it, but I think a lot of people just like, so they get slagged off a bit for it, and they're just like, all right, we need, ah, uh, uh, yeah, like, they just kind of cower in themselves Aye. and say, okay, we need to get rid of that. But it's so, fine, so, it was funny. So do you think it would have, just, do you think just, it would have deleted it now? Or do you think we now embrace the, the uh, quirkiness of I think, I think there's more chance of them embracing Aye. it, but there's a, it, it kind of depends on who works. Aye. There's a, there's in, a fine line as well between being, being funny and then being sort of old firm facts one that kind of way it just topples and just kind of trying a wee bit too hard here and I think there's some accounts that that, that, that fall for that side I'm not going to name names because I can't think of any off the top of my head but there are <laughs> accounts that do it however um, the Dunlop brothers went on to be fantastic players for Stenhouse Muir they ended up winning promotion Mick Dunlop was a captain scored on our all time favourite Stenny goals got, scored uh, two headers against Peter Head in the, the playoff final first leg um, love the guy love 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 the guy however the point I was going to make was that a couple of weeks later Stennis Muir signed Jamie Longworth uh, Colin McMenamin signed him in his house and he just put a picture of him in his house and said it's hashtag better than McDonald's and that's everyone's like ah that's, that's quite funny but you don't need to delete the original picture Right, that'll do us for now. If you'd like to keep listening to this, please. And you should because I've got about three pages of notes. <laughs> I know, right? loads, <laughs> there's loads left. I think we've got through about. I'm going to say four words, right? See if this doesn't. Two thirds wh- at the very most. If this doesn't wet your whistle, John Hughes, Wraith Rovers. Yeah, that's up next. That's so up next. That's head, on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com forward slash tennis podcast. It's she, only in the two, two dollars. Oh, no, you should charge us. This is when you could do it. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. To hear Sean talk about John Hughes in charge of Rafe Rovers, ten dollars. A new bracket. Right, so listen to that, please. And this last podcast. Before, no, we're going to have one on Monday, aren't we? Yeah, sorry. Ignore me. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Podcast Network.